It's time for the Back to the Book broadcast with Brother Jimmy Ruckman. You can send all correspondence to Brother Jimmy Ruckman, 1621 Six Mile Cemetery Road, Maryville, Tennessee, 37803, or email backtothebookbroadcast at gmail.com. The Back to the Book broadcast is a ministry of the Ridgeview Baptist Church in Walland, Tennessee. You can visit the church website at rbcwalland.org. And now the broadcast. If you have your Bibles, please turn back to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. We're dealing this week on this thought, a guilty verdict. A guilty verdict. Now, several weeks ago, as I said yesterday, we had preached through this passage very quickly. But as I prayed, trying to find what God wanted me to preach this week, this is what He put on my heart. So this is where we went back to. And I believe it's a very serious, important subject to be addressed because I truly believe many people fundamentally misunderstand some of these things about the gospel. And a lot of it has to do with understanding the sin. We know that Jesus died, was buried, and rose again the third day. And that's the gospel. And belief in that truly will save a person. The Bible's clear about that. But if we don't understand the judgment and the wrath of God that we are under because of our sin, if we don't truly grasp the sin problem, then we can't actually truly understand or grasp the gospel, or the why Jesus came. And that you need to be able to understand that if there's ever going to be true salvation and a true heart change in your life. We're not just looking at this to say, oh, I agree with a couple of facts. This needs to be real. It needs to be personal. And I believe the Holy Spirit will make it personal by way of conviction in your life. He'll show you the truth, and when you see it, you'll either have to make a choice of, oh, I'm going to accept that, or I will reject that. And if we're willing to agree with God, and God makes it real to you, then we have an opportunity to understand the gospel and accept the gospel and be eternally changed and to know 100% for sure that we are saved. But what we're looking at right now is this thing of a guilty verdict. And chapters 1 through 3 go to show every man, woman, boy, or girl guilty before God. And that there needs to be an understanding of that. Now, don't take my word for it. You need to listen to what the Word of God says. So we begin reading, and just for the sake of time and what we've already done, I don't want to review a whole lot. Paul, in verse 16, kind of gives a theme verse for the, at least the first part of Romans. He says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Then we begin reading in verse number 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who hold the truth in unrighteousness, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. For God hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man, and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. You say, what do we see here? Well, quickly, what we covered yesterday. We see that this group of people, people, they've called them the heathen. Really, I believe it's everybody. 
that rejects this truth. This is a quick snapshot. Then we're going to look at two other groups. This is the group you could say that's the heathen that don't have a, a whole lot of knowledge about God, but I want you to understand something. Based on the Word of God, they have at least a little bit of knowledge of God. And they, with that little bit of knowledge, as we see, they have revealed truth by God. It says in verse 19, For God hath showed it unto them. But then we find that they've rejected it in verses 21 through 23. They had some truth about God, but they chose to worship um, these, these things. They changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. It's idolatry. And you see that in every culture out there, every heathen culture, they have some form of God, some religion that they have come up with. Why is that? Because God's given them at least a little bit of truth, enough truth that they know there's a God that created them. They can see there's a God that created these things that they see, but yet they end up worshiping and serving that cr the created thing, that creature, more than the creator. And we'll see that here in just a moment. I see they've got a revealed truth from God that they have went on to reject. So when they die and have to stand before God, they will still be without excuse just as much as the person who has truth will be without excuse when they stand before God. They won't be able to point a finger at God and say, it's your fault I didn't know the gospel. It's your fault I didn't get saved. I promise you, Christ has done everything necessary to get the gospel to you. And it is your responsibility, it is your choice to determine what you're going to do with Christ. And until you answer that question, you there is no purpose in life. And really, you can if you give the wrong answer to that question, say, you know what, I don't want nothing to do with Christ, then you will have made the worst decision, the worst mistake of your life. We see, we read through verses 24, really through the rest of this chapter, and we find a few things that are very interesting. We see in verses 21 through 23, they've rejected the truth that God gave them. And notice, every time that they reject something of God, or harden themselves, God turns them over a little bit farther. Notice here, first of all, in verse 24, after their rejection, it says, Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. I see when they rejected truth, God gave them up to uncleanness. And I believe I can say this with some Bible precedent. We know the Bible says, God says to us, that if we'll draw nigh to Him, He'll draw nigh to us. But I think we can say and draw from this passage that the opposite is true as well. If you pull away from God, God will pull away from you. God's a perfect gentleman. He's not going to force Himself on you, but He will reveal Himself to you. And if you choose to reject Him, then God may in turn reject you. And it was your choice. God doesn't always give second chances don't expect it from Him. If God's dealing with your heart, you better deal with Him now. The Bible says now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Some of you want to—you have a knowledge of God, you have knowledge of the truth, but you, by the hardness of your heart, have determined, you know what, I'm not going to choose Him now. I don't want anything to do with Him now. I want to live my own life. And you are gambling with your soul. You're gambling with your eternal destiny. And you're gambling. I mean, you're taking the biggest gamble of your life. You may never get another opportunity to accept Christ 
Because at that point of rejection, God may say, you know what, fine, have it your way. But we see he gives these people more chances than that in this passage anyway. We see they reject him, they change the glory of God to um, an image made like unto corruptible man. The Bible says, wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness. Uh, I want you to notice one other thing from verse 24 here. It says, through the lust of their own hearts. And I want you to notice the things God's dealing with while we see a lot of actions represented in here. The basic issue of sin, and you'll see it all throughout our text here, that it is sin, singular, not sin, plural. And I think what we're dealing with here is the sin nature, the root of sin, the very problem of sin, and it makes us all on an even playing field. We might not all do the same actions. We might not all go as far in actual sin, but we still have the same nature, and we're going to see that. But then he goes on. They who changed that truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the Creator who is blessed forever. Amen. There's the second rejection, or they've changed this truth. They just rejected God. And again, you see, for this cause, God gave them up into vile affections. For even the woman did change the natural use into that which is against nature, and likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one towards another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meat. There's your modern sodomite movement right there. Now the Bible's very clear that they can be saved. And I will not ever make the statement that all, uh, by any means all of them have been turned over to a reprobate mind, as we're going to see in this next verse. But there is a time, I don't know what it is, you don't know what it is, it's not just this sin, but there comes a time when you've rejected God one too many times, and this is what happens. It says in verse number 28, And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, they want nothing to do with God anymore. Then it says, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, without er, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things, notice this, are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. There's a final rejection from God. There comes a point where a person rejects God for the last time. And I don't know maybe who I'm speaking to today, but if you're under the sound of my voice and you've never accepted God before, or you've never grasped the truth of sin in our life and the reason why Christ died to begin with, then I need you to listen up to me especially right now. There's going to come a time that God's going to deal in your heart, show you the truth from His Word, show that you are a sinner, and He's going to, and if you're going to be right with God, you're going to need to accept that truth. But if you choose to reject God, and if you choose, you know what, I don't want anything to do with God, I don't want Him in my knowledge, there comes a point when that rejection is final, and God says, alright, have it your own way, I'm going to turn you over to a reprobate mind. And at that point, 
I don't believe there will be any turning back. It will be too late for you. I don't know when that is exactly. Only God knows that. But if I were you, I wouldn't be gambling with eternity. This is much, much, much too serious of a subject. And they get to a point where they know that God's going to judge them. But there's no fear of God in their eyes. In fact, while they know that judgment is death or the separation from God, they know about hell, they know about the lake of fire, they know one day they will stand before God for everything that they've done. They don't only do those things, but they actually enjoy them. There's no fear of God in their eyes. You know, there's a lot of people today that find themselves right here at this level. You have some knowledge of God, and maybe God's given you even more, and you have the truth of the gospel, and yet you choose to reject God. And you say, you know what, I want nothing to do with God. Listen, my friend, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just being honest. You need to understand this. This is the truth. And God has maybe allowed you to tune into this station or, or catch this by way of Facebook and, and God's giving you an opportunity. Maybe God's pulling on your heart right now saying, Hey, my friend, you're a, you're a sinner. And if you don't accept me, if you don't turn from that sin, if you don't, if you don't trust in me and trust in the gospel and the work that I've done on Calvary, then you will never make it to heaven and you will have to suffer the wrath and judgment and vengeance of God. The Bible says for the wages of sin is death. I want to warn you, my friend, that if God's revealed to you some form of truth, if God is drawing on your heart, if God is dealing with you about your sin and trying to draw you to Himself, don't refuse it when He is dealing with you because it may be the last time, the last chance that you ever get to accept the gospel. There comes that point where your rejection will be final. What I see here is a rejection by God and a final reservation for judgment. You can reject God only so much. And there will come a point where God says, all right, have it your own way. And you'll be reserved for the judgment day. You've been listening to the Back to the Book broadcast with Brother Jimmy Ruckman. You can send all correspondence to Brother Jimmy Ruckman, 1621 Six Mile Cemetery Road, Maryville, Tennessee, 37803, or email backtothebookbroadcast at gmail.com. The Back to the Book broadcast is a ministry of the Ridgeview Baptist Church in Wallen, Tennessee. You can visit the church website at rbcwalland.org.